Grace, mercy, and peace be with all of you this evening. From God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. When Mark and I talked about this Advent sermon series, and he asked me to preach on this evening, he said, by the way, you get Mary. You see, all sorts of theological conundrum have arisen about the theology of Mary and who she was and what she was about. You know them, the virgin birth, the Catholic doctrines of her perpetual sinlessness, and her bodily assumption into heaven. But we will focus tonight on what she said and what she did in the high calling that God, through the angel Gabriel, laid upon her. You might be surprised as Mary is so much a part of the story this time of the year, but really in the four Gospels there is very little said about Mary and not much at all about what she said. But who in the Christian church and beyond even the Christian church has not heard of Mary? I discovered doing a little research on this that even the Quran mentions Mary. Mary is central to the life of Jesus in so many ways. And remembrance of her is important for us, especially in the seasons of Advent, Christmas, and Lent. She even has a place in our Lutheran Book of Worship, believe it or not. On page 57, there is a commemoration prayer for Mary as the mother of our Lord. What did this young maiden, this teenage Mary, say about being chosen to be the mother of the Messiah? And what did she say during his life that can shed light on her faithfulness, her courage, and her discipleship? And how can that inform our own faithfulness, courage, and discipleship in the 21st century? To put that into the vernacular today, I'm guessing that after Gabriel told her that she was favored, that she would conceive and have a son, and that she would name him Jesus, I think Mary said, wait, what? <laughs> after all, she was a teenager living in a small, no-account village called Nazareth. What and why was an angel of the Almighty God doing, appearing to her there with such startling, unbelievable news? Well, according to St. Luke, Mary did, or Mary did ask, how is this to be? How can this be since I am a virgin? Gabriel simply begged off, saying that the Holy Spirit will take care of it and that the power of the Most High God will handle it. Could you, as a woman, have lived with that? 
Looking at Joseph's response, guys, to stay with Mary, could we have lived with that? Amazingly, Mary simply said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Wow. And the angel departed, leaving Mary and Joseph with their shock, their questions, their amazement, and their decision to follow God's plan. Well, we learned last week about Aunt Elizabeth and how Mary traveled there to see her, to have a conversation, to ask questions, to receive good counsel and comfort from Elizabeth. And then unexpectedly, out of that scene, that scenario, comes Mary's beautiful song that we just sang, the Magnificat. Magnificat. It is such a soaring, poetic proclamation, recognizing the greatness of God, who is strong in love, strong in justice. This great song comes from the voice and the heart of a teenager. We marvel at that still today, don't we? We are told that Mary pondered these things and kept them in her heart. That's a good place to keep the things that we ponder regarding the mysteries of God. So finally, the time came for Jesus to be born and to fulfill the ancient prophecy of the birth which needed to happen in the city of David. So, Joseph and Mary made the long trip 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She being pregnant, riding a donkey, so that Jesus could be born to fulfill the prophecy. It's a long ride, a hard, tough ride. Mary was tough, and Joseph was faithful and loyal. Bethlehem, they found there only a stable for the birth. There's a Facebook meme going around these days that says, that has Mary saying, Joe, I told you to make a reservation. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's what Mary said or not. But the birth took place there in that stable with animals looking on, with shepherds showing up, and eventually wise men bringing gifts. I assume that Mary greeted them with awe and perhaps even a bit of suspicion, but her words are lost to antiquity. But another dream came to the couple and told them that they had to get up pack what they had, and make another difficult trip, again, of probably around 90 miles, this time to Egypt. And they had to do that to protect this newborn baby boy. Surely Mary was worried about that. And we don't know what she said about it. Maybe only saying, Joe, we must do it. We've got to go. The trip to Egypt 
was tough. Think about it. With a relatively newborn baby boy walking, perhaps riding a bit on that donkey, feeding him, changing him, protecting him, Mary did it all. Again, exhibiting great trust and faithfulness. We don't know what Mary and Joseph talked about during that arduous trip. We can only imagine. But again, I'm sure that she was pondering and keeping all these things in her heart. It seems that she had made up her mind to protect Jesus, to witness to the tumultuous future that God had laid out for him. We know from another little snippet in the Gospels that Jesus grew up there in Nazareth, son of the carpenter Joseph. He grew up in a family with siblings, with his parents, who even though they knew he was different, we assume that they treated him like all the others in the family, with love and care. We do have some words that Mary spoke within the context of raising Jesus. When he was 12 years old and they had been in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and they were going on their way home to Nazareth, he took off. He went to be on his own. Mary and Joseph discovered that he was gone. Mary goes back to find him and expressed her care, exasperation, displeasure, saying, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been looking for you in great anxiety. You, like us who have been parents, can identify with that, can we not? We've parented that rebuke ourselves with our children. But Jesus simply said, why worry? You should know that I was just going about my father's business. And so Mary went home and again treasured all these things in her heart. She trusted God's plan, even when it seemed to fly in the face of everything that would have been normal. Perhaps there's a lesson there for us, too. We hear again what Mary said at another time at a wedding in Cana. The wine had run out, and exhibiting motherly sternness, she went to Jesus and asked him to do something about it. But he pushed back just a little bit, asking her what that had to do with him. And she said, and I'm going to imagine that she waved her hand, flipped her head, and said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. We know the rest of the story. And it became Jesus' first miracle. And then later in the narrative, in the fourth gospel of John, we get this rather harsh scene where his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, they were gathered around the foot of the cross. 
When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing with her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. I imagine that Mary's heart was too broken for her to even blubber a word. She would only have been about 48 years old then. Can you imagine being a part of that scene? So we are left with only a few things that Mary actually said. But all the things that she did say center around the life and activity of this Jesus. And yet we get from her a vivid picture of a simple, profoundly faithful, strongly courageous young woman who trusted God and who therefore is worthy of our emulation and remembrance as the mother of our Lord who is on the way yet again. And we say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.